Good evening, hushlings, and welcome. I present your preceptors to the underbelly of the void, the whispers of conjecture, and the known of the unknown. Thus begins the conclave of the Hush Hush Society. Sagittalians, welcome back to another episode of the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. Where we journey into the world of conspiratorial mysteries and dark truths. I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike, and as always, we're joined by our noble cult leader, Slick Frank Sanders. Sliggity friggity coming at you from the 203. What the fuck is up, Mike and Dave and Hushlings as well? Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning. Bah, bah, bah. That's the new the new intro for for Frank, the good evening, good afternoon, good morning, and uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, uh Merry fucking Christmas. Oh, oh boy. I haven't Santa watered my down. Christmas tree in like three weeks. That shit's a fucking fire hazard right about now. <laughs> Did Santa uh, come down your chimney and give you all the gifts that you guys uh Yeah, he came wanted. down my fucking chimney, all right. Yeah, he came down my chimney also and uh, ended up on my credit card. <laughs> buy, consume, buy. Consume, consume, consume. <laughs> when you have a child, that's just what happens. Yeah, that's my chant in Walmart now. I literally go into Walmart, and as loud as I can, I just go, Buy! Buy! Consume! Spend your hard-earned time! And I do that all the way through the store. I scare old women with it. Just start walking by people and saying, That's two hours of your working life. Just point to items. That's four hours of your working life. Sometimes I think that way, though. That's how you have to think. Yeah. Is it worth two hours of your life? Yeah. Is that cheeseburger worth the hour? Well, he's cracking right in. In 1961, Colonia Dignidad, meaning Dignity Colony, was founded by former Nazi soldier Paul Schaefer, Chilean military dictator general Augusto Pinochet, and emigrant Germans. The commune, located 220 miles south of Santiago, currently called Villa Bavaria, was run as a secretive cult where dozens of children were sexually abused and became notorious for the internment, torture, and murder of dissidents. Ultimately resulting in an unknown number of deaths, as well as Germany... I'm pretty sure paying for reparations for hardships of survivors. Who were the creators of the disturbing cult? Uh, Are the allegations to Nazi ties claiming that Joseph Mengele, the infamous Nazi concentration camp doctor known as the Angel of Death, might have been present in the colony? But before we let the Nazis lead us into another atrocity, 
Just want to remind you of all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And as always, those wonderful reviews, leave us them on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, five stars, get you going, feeling right. Merry Christmas. If you want everything Hush Hush Society, head on over to the website, One Stop Shop, www.hushhushsociety.com. Find all the episodes just like this one you're listening to now. Merchandise, blogs, guest profiles, and the direct link to Rockfin. Dave, that's right. The Rockfin. You you totally reminded me. Hushlings, if you're feeling extra jolly and cheery this uh, holiday season, whether you celebrate Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Christmas or any of the above or none of them, it doesn't matter. You should probably head over to our Rockfin channel. Uh, smash the ever-living cripes out of the subscribe button. You want to follow that. You want to get all the updates, the little bell button. You want to smack that thing too so that every time we post a new declassified discussion or debriefing, you will get a nice little notification on your device, whether it be a, a, a tablet, a laptop, a cell phone. Your smart TV, your smart watch, doesn't matter. Whatever you link it to, you're going to get a notification, so that way you know. Go to the Rockfin, watch us. What a wonderful preview. Yeah. That was a great pitch. Great ad. Wow. Dude, I'm out here fucking uh, living your best life. All right, boys. Let's jump into another cult, shall we? We're such a bunch of followers here. Paul Schaefer, who came to the colony in 1961, was a fugitive suspected of some pretty heinous shit in West Germany. But we'll get to that a bit later. He labeled the organizations he led as a cult or as a group of harmless eccentrics. Bunch of oddballs. It's very weird to me that he would label it either a cult or... Just a bunch of harmless eccentrics. If you have to say that your group is harmless, there's already some sort of stigma. There's an implication. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't think you were harmful until you said something. Sus. This harmless organization was rather secretive and was surrounded by barbed wire fences. They had a watchtower as well as searchlights and was later reported to contain secret weapon caches. After multiple investigations by the Chilean government, they uncovered a long list of criminal history and activity within the grounds, including murder, torture, as well as child sexual abuse. So weird. It's very reminiscent of something that came a few years before yeah. that. What was that? What was that? No, nothing, nothing. Just some things. A report from Chile's National Commission for Truth and Reconciliation indicated that a small set of the many individuals abducted by Pinochet's secret police, the DINA, between 1973 and 1977, who were captured, held, subjected to torture, and often faced execution as well. Several members of the colony's leadership of the time, including Schaefer, were participants in these atrocities. Harmless eccentrics. <laughs> It's like Jared Leto climbing a building. You want to see what I can do? We should really dive deep into the Jared Leto cult. We should. We should. <laughs> Let's do some investigative research on them. 
1991, the name of the settlement was changed to Villa Baviera. Sounds very romantic. After Schaefer fled to Argentina in 1996 to escape child molestation charges in Chile, control over residents loosened. Residents of the colony are now free to leave, and the site is open for tourism. In case you want to see where all that crazy shit happened. Hey, you know, there are people, not mentioning any names, but mainly my mother, would love to go on a vacation to Auschwitz and just see it. So, there's some people into that stuff. It's kind of like going to Hollywood and seeing all the movie sets. (laughs) The world's a stage. (laughs) Think of all the atrocities that happened there. No, I'm pretty sure that hunting Hitler show that had that Tim Kennedy dude, I think they went there and they were trying to prove that Hitler like had like a whole house there and they speak German in certain areas. But I was this mm-hmm. tourism that they have. There's like a German restaurant and stuff like you can get the whole experience out there. Nice. Get yourself a wiener schnitzel. So before we get into some of the things that happened there, we have to look into the history of the two at the top of this town of death. In January of 1961, Schaefer surfaced in Chile, where the government at the time, led by conservative president George Alessandri, had granted him permission to purchase a 4,400-acre ranch, which he and 10 of his followers began to prepare for his congregation to create the Dignidad Beneficent Society outside of the town of Peral. In 1963, 230 members of this congregation traveled to Chile in the first wave of immigrants. Another 15 families immigrated in two more waves in 1966 and 1973. Schaefer founded his new community on principles and influence to move to South America by the prophecies of William Branham, who repeatedly predicted the imminent nuclear war that would devastate the Western nations. There it is. There's your cult shit right there. Doomsday cult, man. (laughs) Just checking some boxes here. That's all we're doing. Yeah. Ushlings, aren't you glad that you're a part of our cult where we don't do this crazy shit? I just had this wicked idea. I think it's our first like product, consumer product, outside of merchandise. It's a Mad Libs book, but it make your own cults. Cult Mad Libs. Come on, they're they're following the same recipe. That's you just got to awesome fill in idea. the blanks. We can we can get that made very easily. I think that can happen. Stay tuned, Dodgelings. Like a thirty page one. Yeah. Now, you guys may be asking yourself, uh, who's this William Branham that we just mentioned? Well, he was an American minister and faith healer who initiated the post-World War II healing revival, praise Jesus, and claimed to be a prophet with the anointing of Elijah, who had come to prelude Christ's second coming. Some of his followers have been labeled as a doomsday cult, rightfully so. No shit. Schaefer kept children away from their parents in a children's house. He said in a recording, quote, The problems in child education aren't the children. They are always the parents, because the parents are responsible for the sins of their children, end quote. But if he's an adult, isn't he the one sinning on the children? <laughs> sinning <laughs> on the children. Sinning on the Just children. <laughs> <laughs> one way to put it. What the fuck? Sinning... <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. Sitting towards the children and on the I'm going to sin. Sinning in the general vicinity of the children. Yeah, yeah. There's sin happening in the same room. With uh, Yeah, with the children. He's sinning and the children are involved. Well, after Salvador Allende came to power in 1970, Schaefer had his community turn the compound into a fortress in a fear of uh, dispossession. Didn't want to lose his child house, whatever the fuck. Uh, he smuggled weapons from Germany, knowing that containers for his charitable organization were not checked by customs. <laughs> Yo, what an asshole. <laughs> Including machine guns, which were soon copied in his machine shops. This dude is making ghost guns in the 70s, bro. See, Germans are crafty. Schaefer then invited Roberto Thiem, a leader of the neo-fascist group Patria y Libertad. You got real Spanish with it. As well as other opponents offering them the Colonia as a center for planning a coup against Allende. During this time, Schaefer started punishing children with electric shocks to their bodies, including to their genitalia, to, quote, keep them in line. That is super fucked. After Big Mr. Pinochet came to power in 1973, Colonia Dignidad became one of the secret detention, torture, and execution centers of the Chilean Secret Police, DINA, and the National Intelligence Directorate during the military dictatorship of Chile, taking place from 73 to 1990. And in 1974, Pinochet visited Schaefer at Colonia Dignidad. Schaefer received the right to dig for gold and uranium. This dude was just doing whatever he could. Some big permits to get a hold of, dude. So far, I'm not really sure as to why he had so much power. Is it just because of like the people that he had backing him, like the group themselves or the cache of weapons? Like what one of the well, one of the big things I think he was especially with the families, the original, you know, two hundred or so people that came over, I think he kind of promised them the commune of what it would be. But not not even so much with the cult, just more so with the government kind of supporting what he's doing. Or maybe turning a blind eye to it, I would say. If that was their black ops area, I mean, it's also very different government going on down in Chile, I'm sure, in the 60s and 70s. And I'm sure the United States were funding shit. We already talked about that in our CIA episode that South America definitely had some wild shit going on. Maybe they were getting a cut of the gold and uranium that they pulled up. Yeah. Had them do the dirty work. Well, they're they're just doing God's work over there. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. In 1986, German politician Norbert Blum, great name, visited Chile, asking Pinochet to stop the torture. Schaefer did not allow Blum to visit the colony, which Blum later said was, quote, a model farm of contempt for mankind. Jeez, those are some words right there. And in 1988, the German attorney general finally started proceedings against members of the colony. So they finally came around at some point. Just, you know, took them almost 20 years. 
1990, after Pinochet had stepped down, Chilean politician Patricio Alwin cut off state funding for Schaefer's Hospital, revoking its nonprofit charitable status and audited the colony's businesses. In 1991, Schaefer privatized his various enterprises. German Chancellor Helmut Kohl visited Chile. He said that Chile needed to open the colony, but nothing further. Schaefer then mobilized the local residents to demonstrate against the closing of his hospital until the Chilean government reopened it. So we mentioned the hospital. This is something that Schaefer had built from the assets and money I think he got from some of these families. And there was a couple accidents that had happened. I think they were mining accidents. And he saved a bunch of, I think there were, some of them were children. So shame on them. Kids were fucking mining. <laughs> so there was already that. But he saved a bunch of people. And so they wanted to keep the hospital afloat. And he kind of gaslit them into being like, well, these people want to take your hospital away, even though they're trying to shut the place down for the abuse that was happening and some of the other stuff. And they were like, no, don't take our hospital. It saved people. I mean, a Nazi would know about gaslighting. <laughs> wow. It took all the way until 1996 for Schaefer to be charged with child sex abuse charges in Chile, and then he fled. Motherfucker. In 2004, in Chilean court, convicted Schaefer and 26 other cult members of child abuse. And in June and July of 2005, Chilean police found two large illegal arms caches in or around the colony, which included three containers of machine guns, automatic rifles, rocket launchers, large quantities of ammunition, many of which were actually like 40 years old, but they also had evidence of recent maintenance. So they upkept on the old German boomsticks. Yeah, so World War II munitions, pretty much. Yeah, if it was around, yeah. In 2006, Schaefer was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Not long enough. And the cult was pretty much done in 2007. From 1961 to 2007, it served as the sex operation police. And during 1973 to 1985, roughly, as the concentration camp of Pinochet's dissidents. Ah, so there's where it is. Pinochet's dissidents, so anybody that went against Pinochet in his reign was pretty much sent to Schaefer's camp. There's the stranglehold on the government. Got it. And he was probably mining for them and giving them resources. Meanwhile, he's over here fucking torturing people and torturing kids. Let's do a little background on this Schaefer character, even though we already know he was a piece of shit. He was born in the town of Troisdorf, near Bonn, Germany, in 1921. He was described as a poor and clumsy child, and in an accident with a fork, he lost his right eye. What <laughs> a dumbass. During World War II, he served by carrying stretchers of the wounded in a German field hospital in occupied France, later in life claiming that his glass eye was the result of a war wound. Ah. Uh, Stolen valor. There it is. Ah, that's sad. Nonetheless, he was for the German army, so he was definitely a Nazi. I mean, oh yeah, he had to have been. Yeah. Following the Second World War in 1945, Schaefer served as a young people's leader in the Evangelical Free Church. 
He was removed from his position thereafter. Rumors arose that he was molesting young boys. He then set out as an inherent preacher and singer, traveling around Germany and preaching. During the 1950s, Schaefer became a follower and promoter of the teachings of American preacher William M. Branham, one of the founders of the post-World War II healing revival, who was also an influence on Jim Jones. Ah, what a connection there, huh? <laughs> Interesting. And by 1952, Schaefer had gathered a number of followers and in 1953 set up a children's home and orphanage. Ooh, who let this guy do that after all these allegations? Who the fuck is like, yeah, this is fine. It's fine. Keep it off the books. Schaefer's early followers were predominantly made up of war widows and their children who were refugees from Soviet-occupied East Prussia. In 1959, he created the Private Social Mission purportedly a charitable organization. That same year, Schaefer was charged with sexually abusing two young boys, and there was a warrant out for his arrest by local authorities in Germany. A little kid fucker, this asshole. Damn. So he's taken in war widows and then becoming the kid's new daddy. Sick. Do you think he was into the, the widowed women too, though? Probably not. If he's just molesting little kids. I was going to say, so far from his history, it doesn't look like he was interested in anything over the age of 10. Oh, my God. <laughs> just saying. This is not funny, by the way. We're not really <laughs> laughing. No, not not really. None of us are actually laughing at this. This is all nervous laughter. <laughs> Can't you so tell that these are nervous laughs? Yeah. Hushlings will return after this short message. Greetings, Hushlings. Welcome to the year 2024. For the season 9 finale, we're delving into one of the most unusual common conspiracies of all time. Sports. Did the NFL manipulate Super Bowl III in 1969 in preparation for a league merger? Did the NHL order the Edmonton Oilers to trade Wayne Gretzky to the LA Kings because it was good for business? We ask if Commissioner Stern rigged the 1985 NBA Draft Lottery to give Patrick Ewing the top pick. Was Michael Jordan really sick with the flu? And was Muhammad Ali's knockout on Sonny Liston a rigged fight? Did the NBA make sure the Lakers had an opportunity to beat the Kings in the 2002 Western Conference Finals? All of these and more, streaming everywhere. Monday, January 8th. Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. <sighs> Schaefer then fled the children's home in Seigberg, West Germany, with some of his followers to the Middle East to relocate his congregation. He came into contact with the Chilean ambassador to Germany, who invited him to Chile. Now, I wonder if that ambassador was into the same kind of sick shit that he was. They saw a kind of common ground there. If the shoe fits. Probably. Yeah. And they were like, hey, saying. let's go set up shop. You know? mm. Yeah. Like, why else would you invite him? If you're there, you know about the allegations against him. Yeah. He went with you him. Know? So, especially if he's trying to relocate, like, why? The first question why are you relocating the congregation? Oh, well, just looking for greener pastures in the Middle East. A little bit of background on Big General Augusto Pinochet. 
in case you were curious, he was a Chilean general as well as president of Chile, who ruled Chile from 1973 to 1990, first as the leader of the military Juanta of Chile from 1973 to 1981, being declared president of the republic by the Juanta in 1974. He became the de facto dictator of Chile and from 1981 to 1990 as the legally recognized president after a new constitution which confirmed him in the office. He did the whole oath over the hand, whatever they you know, do over there for inauguration, right? His rule remains the longest of any Chilean leader. After his rise to power, Pinochet persecuted leftists, socialists, and political critics, resulting in the executions of about 1,200 to 3,200 people. Pretty wide range, but nonetheless, lots of people. The internment of as many as 80,000 people and the torture of tens of thousands. There's also Operation Condor. Have you ever heard of it? Maybe, maybe you haven't. It was a United States-supported terror operation focusing in South America. <laughs> and it was founded at the behest of the Pinochet regime in late November of 1975, which happened to be, I believe, his 60th birthday. So happy birthday to him. On September 11th of 1973, the combined Chilean armed forces, the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the, the Space Force, they overthrew Allende's government in a coup, during which the presidential palace, La Moneda, was shelled. While the military claimed that he had committed suicide, controversy surrounded Allende's death, with many commentators claiming that he had been assassinated a theory contradicted by the Chilean Supreme Court in 2014. Eh, I don't know if I believe it. Well, it's happened a few times in other places. <laughs> it's hard to believe that Chile even has a Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm baffled. In London in 1998, big old Pinochet was arrested under an international arrest warrant in connection with numerous human rights violations, and he was released on grounds of ill health and returned to Chile on the 3rd of March, 2000. In 2004, Chilean judge Juan Guzman Tapia ruled that Pinochet was medically fit to stand trial, motherfucker was trying to get out of it, and placed him under house arrest. He died on the 10th of December in 2006 with about 300 criminal charges that were still pending against him in Chile for numerous human rights violations during his 17-year rule, as well as tax evasion, of course, and embezzlement during and after and accused of having corruptly amassed at least 28 million American dollars. He's a bad motherfucker. That's a lot of dimp. Okay, let's talk about some more... Torture and murder and all that good stuff. Ah, oh my. Prisoners being tortured at Colonial Dignidad were each interrogated to gain an understanding of their personality in order to gauge the appropriate torture technique. How nice of them. Customization. That is so German. These techniques led to a number of lasting indeterminate periods of time, from days to weeks, and as many as a hundred of the citizens taken to Colonial Dignidad by the DINA were allegedly murdered at the colony. Jesus. 
This is just uh, Nazi Germany Part 2. Yeah, the sequel. The sequel. <laughs> Back with a vengeance. As previously mentioned, severe discipline in the forms of beatings and torture was commonplace. Schaefer insisted that discipline was spiritually enriching. Some of these methods were electrocutions, drug use, mutilation by dogs, which if anybody uh, real knows, that's 11 kill streak on uh, Black Ops 1, and firearms. They were just straight up shooting people, taking off the limbs first. There are more than 1,100 disappeared people in Chile, some of which were taken to the colony where they were tortured and killed. One of them is a U.S. citizen, Boris Weisfeeler, a Soviet-born mathematics professor at Pennsylvania State University. The 43-year-old vanished while on a hiking trip near the border between Chile and Argentina in the early part of January of 1985. It's presumed that Boris had been kidnapped and taken to the colony where he was tortured and then killed. In 2012, a judge in Chile ordered the arrest of eight former police and army officials over the kidnapping of Weisfeeler. Sounds more like a German than Soviet. Whatever, whatever. We'll, we'll take the facts. During the years of Pinochet's rule, citing evidence from declassified United States files. And in 2016, the case was closed and the men were freed when the judge ruled that Weisfeeler had indeed had been abducted. But that was only a common crime, long past the statute of limitations instead of a human rights violation. A misdemeanor for chopping somebody up and kidnapping them. Jesus Christ. It's just a common occurrence in Chile. We did not take it into account that that's like part of their culture down there. Just like... Getting kidnapped? Dude, It's it happens all the time and it always has. Just like body snatchers, that that shit's all over the place down there. In machetes? Yeah. It's fucking jaguars in the trees and like 40-foot anacondas. Some defectors from the colony have portrayed it as a cult in which the leader, Schaefer, held the ultimate power. They claim that the residents were never allowed to leave the colony and that they were strictly segregated by gender, and I would imagine by age. Television, telephones, and calendars were banned, so you don't know what the hell day it is. Residents worked wearing Bavarian peasant garb and sang German folk songs. Were they forced to? Or uh, If you don't sing the songs, you get electrocuted. Sex was banned, with some residents forced to take drugs to reduce their desires, so chemically castrating them. Drugs were also administered as a form of sedation, mostly to young girls, but to males as well. So is that how Schaefer uh, assaulted the children? Sedation? That's probably, it's probably be part it. of it. Yeah. Sounds about right. He's got now he's a sleep creep, too. Just makes it even worse, dude. Every day at lunch and dinner, members of the community were expected to write the names of sinners on a blackboard near the entrance to the cafeteria. After everyone was seated, Schaefer would take his place at a small table facing the group. And while his minions ate, he read through a microphone the names listed on the board. Each sinner was required to stand up and confess. 
Gaslighting people into fucking thinking that there's something wrong with them. I looked at a calendar. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Niels Biederman, a Chilean psychiatrist, said, quote, They were also the ones who were supposed to educate them. This involved keeping them away from their families, keeping them active all day, and principally keeping them obedient and disciplined. They did whatever they needed to do, including psychopharmacology and electroshock, we said. Over time, physical coercion became less necessary as the social system became rooted in the psyche of the individual, end quote. So psychologically, they were just tuned to start doing the shitty things. Didn't even have to be forced anymore. I mean, uh, but again, that is cult behavior. So classic cult. One of the first instances of abuse allegations was in 1966 from escapee Wolfgang Mueller, who had been 16 when he came to the colony. He claimed that he was forced into slave labor, received regular harsh beatings, and was molested by Schaefer on multiple occasions. Mueller said that former Nazis were part of the colony as well. I think that's pretty obvious at this point. Here's the thing, though. So, so this, uh, so Wolfgang Mueller was 16 when he joined the colony, and then mm-hmm. he was molested by Schaefer. So, is Schaefer molesting like teenagers, or is it just a wide range? I, I this is the first account of really like an age associated with who he had attacked. They mentioned young boys so i think we can probably generalize within between ages five and ten for that i don't think that they probably have a definitive list of the people that it happened to there's probably so many and so many of them ended up dead or missing they couldn't even keep track of that even if they tried Uh, well we have to ask ourselves why why would people choose to subordinate themselves to Schaefer's will? What kind of hold did he have on them? How did he achieve such power in that group of people? It just seems like run-of-the-mill cult shit. Like, he was just taking advantage of people who were in need. He had power. He he had pull in the community as well as with government. He had funding. Follow the leader. Biederman also states after work with survivors, quote, Everything was done to further the religion. He continues to say, Like in any sect, the colonos had a spiritual leader in Paul Schaefer, to whom they formed a strong attachment. There was a complex network of emotional connections in Colonia. It was not a concentration camp system in which prisoners tend to think of themselves as individuals. It was a community, and the children suffered most of all. The pilgrims may have come to Chile for their religion, but once they became prey to a brutal and relentless cult of personality. I gotta say, there is a lot more to the stuff that happened. Like, realistically, this we are kind of just scratching the surface of a lot of the stuff that happened over the course of, I mean, what was it, early 1960s to basically the cult ending in 2007 pretty recent to have stuff continue there's so many other people involved in so much other shit that is it's almost mind-bending to understand how many people were involved but these two guys were the top perpetrators for sure it's crazy that that show went on for that long that poses also the other question uh 
What are the Nazi ties? We, we know that Paul Schaefer was a Nazi himself. Checked. The Central Intelligence Agency and Simon Weithensall claim that Josef Mengele, the infamous Nazi concentration camp doctor known for his lethal experiments on human subjects, similar to some of the stuff that we we're talking about at this uh, colony in Chile, was he was present at the colony, which would make sense if using similar tactics. Uh, the colony itself rejected the accusation when this article was published in 1997 in the Chilean press. I'm wondering why would a Schaefer, who was really just a stretcher medic, if he was just pulling people off that are wounded in battle, how would he know all of the methods of like death's head SS people? The only way to maybe be firsthand looking at it, but why would it with the job that he had, how would he have the access to seeing that? Because I'm sure that there's a lot of people that didn't know that that shit happened on the wayside. That would be a baller cover up story. Like, nah, he was just a field medic in France. Like, he got three people off the battlefield. He doesn't know anybody. Yeah, well, he very much could if, mm. if this guy was here. When he could have been like a middle management guy. Yeah, middle to upper management in reality. You know, he just went out onto the floor sometimes. But remember, the German-Chilean ambassador is the reason why he got here. So there is ties mm. already all the way up. And that's another thing. Why would the Chilean ambassador, I, I talked about this before, why would the Chilean ambassador reach out to this guy? Even if he was just somebody running a congregation, how do you get those ties as just your average German medic or preacher leader, whatever you want to call him? You had to have known people mm. or someone in some dictatorship that's in Chile was reaching out because of the proximity to Argentina and obviously all the other conspiracies with Nazis going there. The German government states that to this day, there is, quote, no evidence to support or invalidate Weisenthal's claim or the more general allegation that the Colonia Dignidad or its legal successors was a place of refuge of former members of the SS and Gestapo, and they may have had the job of demonstrating Nazi torture methods to the secret police of Chile. Many of Schaefer's followers who had Nazi pasts join him to escape post-World War II war crime investigations. Ah, see... That makes more sense. Yeah. Of what yeah. happened. See, and this also alludes to he was more involved than just being a field medic. Because if you look at war crime investigations, that was all done from high-ranking SS officers. All those guys that went to trial for war crimes, th those were the big boys. Those were the, the bosses. They weren't going after the average soldier. So, again, this alludes to him being a little higher up the food chain than they alluded to. The Nazi underground in South America was established sometime before World War II. Juan Perón provided shelter to some escaped Nazi criminals. Nazi sympathy in South America and Chile can be attributed to Nazi presence and even the conspiracy that Adolf Hitler escaped to this region. 
Allegedly, the high concentration of Germans in Chile shaped the country's overall attitude towards subjects like education and military, so on and so forth. Torture methods and MK Ultra. <laughs> A dog gnawing at your arms. I bet you they were German shepherds, too. Little, little shih tzus. Let's get into some legal shit before we, we head out off of this adventure. Schaefer fled Chile in 1997 while facing a number of lawsuits over sexual abuse of children. People found out that he was fucking kids. He was arrested in Argentina in 2005 and convicted of serial pedophilia. We mentioned before he died in prison, age 88, in 2010. Colonia Dignidad changed his name to Villa Bavaria in 1991, and as of 2019, it is now a resort town. German-themed restaurants, hotels, people running around in peasant garb. Uh, there's more than 100 people. Many of them are former members of the commune. They live at the site, and many say that it's their home and the only one they've ever known. Damn. But now they're free to run around in their little Sound of Music dresses and mm. twirl. Trauma-bonded. In early 2011, Hartmut Hopp considered to be Schaefer's, quote, right-hand man at Colonia Dignidad, was placed under house arrest in Chile while awaiting trial for human rights crimes. In May of that year, Hop fled Chile on board a helicopter, later making his way to Germany, went back to the fatherland. In June of 2016, prosecutors in Germany petitioned a court to enforce a five-year prison sentence that Hop was sentenced to in absentia in Chile. Yet in 2019, German prosecutors announced that they had dropped their investigation into Hop altogether. Fantastic. Funny how that works out, huh? At the time that Hop fled Chile, 10 other cult members were out on bail awaiting trial on various charges. Fearing that they would also flee the country, their bail was immediately revoked and they were taken into custody. In 2010, Chilean authorities opened an investigation into events that occurred in the colony during the 1990s, resulting 19 months later in the Supreme Court issuing a unanimous ruling to prosecute 16 Chilean and German members of the colony. And on the 28th of January in 2013, six former leaders of the colony were sentenced to prison, while the remaining 10 were found guilty of lesser crimes and given probationary sentences. They got put on house arrest. They got to pick up trash off of the jungle highway. And in March of 2017, the German Bundestag officially acknowledged the responsibility of Germany and the failure of the German foreign policy regarding the Colonia Dignidad and members of all the parties in the German parliament passed a resolution giving the government a year to come up with plans to investigate the history of the colony, establish a memorial, and offer assistance to the victims and family members. Good on them for that. At least they're trying to make it right. All right, hushlings. Let's get into our Reddit section, shall we? Nine, 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 nine. There is no Reddit on this. We searched. Nothing there. Page 404. So we will jump straight into our final thoughts. Declassified Dave, what are your thoughts on Colonia Dignidad? I didn't know it existed until you mentioned it back in September. 
really fucked up cult, as a lot of cults are. This one had sexual abuse and murder. Some cults like Heaven's Gate have mass suicides. Some cults like the Davidians also have that. There's a lot of death, but the child stuff is really fucked up. And it just seems like you got a really, really sick fucking ex-Nazi that slipped through the cracks, had powerful friends, and was able to get away with a lot of shit with another whack-ass dictator. And you just had a really bad mix of two or three or four, 16 people arrested. A very a very big gaggle of Nazi-supporting psychopaths that were doing some horrendous shit. This one's fucked. Yeah, got to agree with that. This is essentially, like we kind of said, uh, part two to Nazi Germany just continued in South America and led by a really messed up dude who is just a sick, sick person. Sucks that these people that still live there are kind of, like I said, trauma bonded to be there because they went through all of that atrocity and all of that bullshit and they just won't leave or at least explore other places. I don't know. But yeah, it's a rough one. For sure. It's definitely one of the worst that we've covered so far in terms of abuse and atrocity. Slick Frog Sanders, what do you got on the cult? Frog's final thought. Definitely some crazy uh, twisted history going on here. Cracking open a real nutshell uh, in the cult world. I feel like this is the stuff history doesn't want you to know about. Like, they don't want you to know that the Nazis kept going and doing absolutely terrible fucking shit. Not just in Chile, but all over the world. And this is probably the best example of that. My biggest takeaway would be, oddly enough, I would just like to know what they were doing with all the gold and uranium. Was it strictly for monetary purposes to sell and make money and fund their cult or were they doing like some other shit with it that was just like a weird little fact in there that we didn't get too too deep into that just interested me but yeah really sick shit really sick shit all right hushlings that's going to do it for this deep dive into the colonia dignidad what did you think was there anything we missed anything we should have discussed Reach out to us, as always, our email, contact at hushhushsociety.com. Be sure to join us in our next debriefing on January 8th of 2024, because you're probably listening to this in 2023, where we'll be getting into things like rigged Super Bowls, uh, Michael Jordan's gambling addiction. We'll probably talk about the NFL trashing evidence of, of weird and mischievous things. Uh, the NHL rigged games, NBA rigged games. We're getting into sports conspiracies. Season finale of season nine. The picture should probably just be Tiger Woods mugshot. And patrons, don't forget to join us on Thursday, January 18th, for another exclusive debriefing where we kind of uh, check out the mystery that went on with the Maui wildfires. Stay tuned for that. Hushlings. We'll see you next year. I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike. And I'm Slick Frank Sanders. Until our next debriefing, remember, 
the best kept secrets are hidden in plain sight.